0: Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's chief investment officer. You know, in this episode, I want to get into the idea of connecting the dots. It's a lot of a lot of the times we're going to in this uh, uh, podcast series dive into a single topic, but I, I specifically want to take a step back. And talk about a handful of things that sort of connect together to drive economic and market performance. So it's kind of the thing I like to do once in a while. Uh, So let's jump into it. I guess the first is employment. So, you know, if you, if we look back at sort of what happened with the shutdown of the pandemic, unemployment peaked at 14.7% in April of 2020. And the good news is that we've worked our way back. So that unemployment, that rate sits at 3.6%, pretty low number. Now, another way to look at it is we have um, 11.4 million jobs available and 6 million unemployed people looking for work. So kind of more jobs than people in a way, uh, or at least people looking for work. Now, uh, one of the effects that that has is that employers, both to retain and attract employees, have to increase wages. So wage growth is up... um, 6% 6% for the year ended April. So that is good for uh, for workers in a way, but also, of course, I think everybody's aware that higher wages means a pressure on prices, a pressure on inflation. And that's the next topic. So let's, let's go into inflation. So um, essentially, inflation is elevated. It's been elevated for a while. It's kind of, we think it's peaked in March of this year at 8.5% for the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, And it's fallen some, but it it remains elevated for sure. I kind of think of it as, you know, basically the drivers including increased demand as we continue to reopen from the pandemic and yet strained supply. So things like supply chain issues, the Russia-Ukraine war, that unfortunate situation causing some trouble, uh, you know, things like that. So basically, less supply, more demand, prices are higher. Now, I mentioned both employment and inflation because those are the two components of the Fed's dual mandate. So they basically set monetary policy to maximize employment but have a focus on price stability. Now they would say in in today's environment that they've really accomplished that first element of the mandate, maximum employment, so they've really refocused to the idea of price stability, i.e. let's get inflation back down. So they essentially have gone on a, on a number of fronts. Number 1 Hiking rates. They've done two hikes so far for a total of three quarters of a point signaling more and the market's pricing in another roughly 2% for the balance of the year. They've also uh, initiated what's called quantitative tightening. That's a a technical term for, hey, balance sheet grew a lot as another element of support through the pandemic. And they're going to want to bring that back down by essentially letting assets roll off and not repurchase them. um, and so, you know, when you think about it, the Fed basically saying, hey, we're going to fight hard to slow the economy down, um, but um, all to get inflation uh, to kind of calm down. But they want to do that with what they've called a, quote, softish landing, end quote, meaning they, they're hoping they won't trigger a recession, now, uh, an effect, of course, of higher uh, of the Fed action is higher interest rates, and so you know markets reacted pretty quickly to their policy and the expectation of their policy. But then, as they sort of amplified it and went a bit more hawkish, uh, rates uh, jumped even further. And so um, you, know, you you look at something like the ten-year Treasury; it actually hit a low of half a percent, 051 percent, in August of 2020. at the end of last year, it had risen to 1.51%, so 1.5%, but with all that was going on with this shift in Fed policy, that 10-year rate, which is really anticipating future Fed action, jumped to 3.13% on May 6th. Then it, it's fallen just a little bit, but it's, it's right around 3% as as I record this. Now, another component of interest rates not as often uh, discussed is corporate spreads. That's the excess yield that a corporate issuer will pay to compensate an investor if taking on the credit risk of owning the bond. Because in theory, the, the issuer can go uh, into default and the bond holder loses that money so they have to just on average pay a little bit more uh, for people to take, it, take on that risk when we look at the at the uh, spreads basically they've been very low so think of hovering for the general investment grade b- corporate bond market at around 1% but they've jumped uh, it, sort of coincident with that jump in Interest rates, um, they basically jumped up to 1.4%, which is still by history standard a pretty low number. Uh, And then they've fallen up. They're down about 1.3. So just a slight uh, widening relative to the start of the year, but still pretty tight. Um, So anyway, that's interest rates. That's important to the markets uh, and the economy, right? So higher rates means that the economy is going to slow down. Now, before we get to the economy, uh, one uh, factor to jump into is the trends in D.C. So, you know, obviously the Democrats swept the election in 2020, but with everything going on, um, the, the, uh, as, as one metric, the approval rating uh, for President Biden has really dropped. So he started his in-office with an approval rating of 55% of Americans, uh, quote-unquote, approving uh, him. But, um, basically, that's fallen to now forty one percent with everything that's been happening. Now, you couple that with just the general historical pattern that the, the sort of the sitting president in the first term, especially tends to lose seats in Congress. basically, what we're thinking and our our, our colleague Brian Gardner, who's our chief Washington policy strategist, believes that it's pretty likely that one of the houses of Cong- Congress will flip to Republican control through the midterms, as a result of the midterms, and will it be in a more traditionally divided government. So anyway, getting to sort of the effect of all this on the economy and market. So economic growth, basically, we know we had uh, a decline in 2020 with the shutdowns of the pandemic, where GDP was down 3.4%. And then with all of the support uh, and... Um, accommodative monetary policy and fiscal spending, GDP grew 5.7% in 2021. And as we started 2022, we thought, hey, we'll see above-trend growth, let's say about 3.9% per consensus estimates. But with everything going on, the shift in pet policy, the higher rates, and some of the other challenges like the unexpected Russia-Ukraine war, and the shutdowns that continue in China over COVID. Basically, our consensus forecast, the consensus forecast for 2022 GDP has fallen to 2.6%. So still a little bit above longer-term trends, but a bit muted relative to where we thought we'd be when we started the year. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, people are asking a lot, are we going to see a recession anytime soon? Our view is that it's probably not likely... Uh, it, it, until at the earliest, let's say, second half of 2023 and maybe beyond. So we'll see how that unfolds. Finally, market performance. I've said before, this is an unusual year in that with those higher rates, that means prices on bonds have declined, which means the bond market uh, is off. And so a traditional measure for that is the Bloomberg Aggregate Index that captures the investment-grade taxable bond market. It's off almost 10% year to date. And then the stock market, a bellwether index, is the S and P 500, and that fell uh, over 18 percent through M- May 19th. But it's recovered some; it's c- recovered about five and a half percent. So when you combine those two numbers, we're basically at just under four, down 14 percent, down 13.7 percent year to date. And uh, you know that obviously relates to people worrying about the economy slowing down, worries about the war, worries about the election, lots of uh, strain out there. In any event, I'd, I'd sort of end on a positive note. When we look at consensus earnings growth, and earnings are the metric that prices, uh, that stock prices ultimately anchor to, earnings growth is expected to be on a consensus basis 10.5% for 2022. So that's a positive for sure. Okay, I, that's where I want to uh, close it here this, in this episode. Uh, you know, just to recap, we're basically, every once in a while, I'm wanting want not to focus on a single topic, but take a step back, look at how some things are interconnected. We talked about employment, the strong environment, elevated inflation, how uh, both of those things are feeding Fed policy, how Fed policy is influencing interest rates. And then when you couple in DC trends, we basically are in an environment where people are a little bit stressed out Uh, Economic growth will will be positive, but not quite as much as we thought at the beginning of the year. And capital markets are down a little bit uh, with a few positive glimpses in front of us. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.